You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I, I got to be honest, man. I uh, Not only am I completely fried, I have been on Twitter and tweeting and reading and studying and learning, and then I just had a really good meeting um, with Mr. Jacob, and um, I was like, all right, I need to step away, and I was like, oh, nope, 6.30, time to do the podcast, and it's like, dude, I, uh, what the heck are we going to talk about? It, it's weird, because it's, it's like there's been so much news I've never felt so unprepared. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on. So here we go. Aaron Rodgers is back. So that's a thing. Um ding ding ding. Uh Rodgers is back. I I don't know. I, I I've been trying to figure out what's going on with this contract. We can read that as far as the details, as far as we have it. As of right now, as far as I, I understand, Aaron Rodgers is in the air. Uh seems as though he'll be making maybe a couple different stops. I don't really know the details of that. There's rumors that possibly Randall Cobb is going to be coming back. Although when I first saw Trey Wingo put that out, I just laughed out loud. And then I remembered that there was a rumor. Let's just leave it at that. He was supposed to be going to Houston. And I thought, well, that's weird. And then a bunch of other people started saying Randall Cobb is coming. And then I thought, well, it seems like maybe this is really going to happen. And then I looked at his contract and I said, well, there's no way that's going to happen. And then I thought, well, maybe they'll cut him since they just got the bear slot guy. And then I looked at the dead cap and it's like 12 million. I said, well, then they can't cut him. It's going to have to be a trade, but we can't afford 8 million. Um, My head is spinning. I guess if we're going to simplify this, Aaron Rodgers is officially coming back, which is weird because it's not big news, but it feels like massive news. I I think it's just a culmination, you know, because... It's been such a long offseason, such a long offseason. And granted, as of right now, nothing is officially signed. I'm hoping by the time you're listening to this podcast, something a little bit more official has happened. But again, um, the fact that what Ian Rappaport put out, I already knew. So I know that what Ian Rappaport said was true, that he was basically saying goodbye to people. So some people are saying, well, maybe that's not true. It's true. And so everything else seems to be falling in place. But I don't know what my own thoughts are right now. Uh, initially, I'll say this, massive excitement. And if you think back to what I said, not yesterday, because that was Coach Hahn. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm hoping to get him back. Very excited to talk to him very soon. Get your questions in. The day before that, it was essentially, we should embrace this. Because if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense that this is going to be a really, really, really good year. And so I started thinking about that, and I started getting real excited. And I am. There's, there's, I think no matter what was going to happen, there's going to be good and bad. So, so it's sort of like now that the chips have officially fallen, there's a pile of good and there's a pile of bad, and I'm just trying to pick up the pieces. Rodgers is back. The Packers, in my mind, may as well be Super Bowl favorites. Call me a homer. I don't care. I love the roster. I loved it last year. I thought that they were the best team in football. Stood by it, but they just, you know, again, David Bakhtiari was out, and a bunch of key guys just really did not show up. Guys that we needed to show up didn't show up. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Buccaneers, it's not even that they played so well. We left, what, three interceptions just sitting on the field out there? So um, I think it was ours for the taking. The best roster didn't finish 
And I think if we go and play the Chiefs, I think we would have annihilated the Chiefs, assuming they put their best foot forward. Chiefs look like a mess. So I stand by the fact that just analyzing the rosters, and and this has not always been the case. I mean, when I started this podcast, it was basically, for those of you few OGs who were listening back in the day, it was me just screaming, being furious, being unsatisfied, being upset. There's so many people that are mad that I'm such a homer and that I'm always defending the front office and all. You you, Go find the oldest one you can find. And, And a lot of the shows are missing and it makes me sad. I don't think they'll ever be recovered. But if you can find a really, really, really old one, somehow, some way, it's nothing but me being very upset. I don't like the team. I don't like the roster. I don't like the GM. I don't like the head coach. I don't like anything. I'm not saying this just because I'm a homer. I'm looking at this roster and all the other rosters, and I'm going, I think I would take the Packers. What about Tampa? I think I would take the Packers. What about Seattle? <laughs> Come on. What about Buffalo? No, nah, Packers. I mean, what does Buffalo have? They're like Packers light. They got a really good wide receiver and a really good quarterback, except not as good as our quarterback and not as good as our wide receiver. Don't have as good a pass rushers. Don't have as good a, you know, Tredavious is not as good as Jair. Safeties are good, but not as good as our safeties. Running back is good, but not as good as our running back. So, you know, okay. (laughs) So it's kind of like when you make up with somebody after a really bad fight, you know, and you move on and it's like, we moved on, but there's still that lingering like, ugh. You know, like, yeah, he's coming back, but, you know, words were said. Words were said by Rogers. Words were said by me. Words were said by other people. And so there's just sort of an awkwardness. But I think when we can get past that, when the dust settles, um, and and the media is not going to let it go, right? They're never going to let it go. But in our own minds, if we can just let the dust settle and just look at what's in front of us, what we have is an incredible football team. And, um, we have a team that by every stra- offensively and defensively should improve. You know, it's another year for Matt LaFleur's scheme for a lot of these young guys to improve and to have learned in it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is every bit as motivated, if not more so motivated, to come in and, and play really, really well. We heard from Coach Hahn about guys like Elton Jenkins, who um, absolutely should take a step. He's got a lot of growth on top of already being one of the better guards in football. But now especially, he's going to have time to actually just stay, hopefully at least, Um, after a while in one position and just learn it and dominate it. So it's almost like I have to re-remember how to be a Packer fan in the regular season because I'm I'm stuck in off-season mode, right? Off-season is where goofiness happens. It's where drama happens. And then when the regular season comes, that's where things settle down and you settle in and you just root for everybody wearing a green and gold jersey and you cheer and you get excited and you just you just love the team. And it's weird because there's been it's been it's been ugly. It's sort of like it's a microcosm of just the culture in general or, or politics more largely, where things get so ugly and they get so heated and there's so much fighting and everything going on. And I think I'm just, I'm just ready. You know, I, the more I'm just sitting here talking through this, the, the details of the contract are secondary. What are we going to do in the future is secondary. What we have starting today according to all of you, is training camp. It starts today. I think the first open practice is tomorrow. In a matter of weeks, we get preseason games. And all we have to do, we have the easiest job in the world. We don't have to figure out, I mean, I do a little bit because I have a podcast, but as fans, we don't have to figure out what the details of the contract are. Guys like Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball have lost sleep over this. We never needed to. That's their job to lose sleep. We get the privilege 
once again, and probably one more time, and it is sad. And again, maybe not. If they win a Super Bowl, maybe not. We'll see. Again, we don't have to figure that out today. We get the privilege of simply sitting in a matter of weeks in our comfortable chair, our comfortable couch with our our buddy, our kids, our dog, our spouse, our girlfriend, boyfriend, cat, whatever you got going on over there, whoever your, your packer companion is, or maybe it's just yourself. And I don't want you to feel bad because I promise you there are days when I would trade you. <laughs> Let me hang out with self and you can have um, people climbing on your face. We just get to sit down in our comfortable chair with our favorite snacks and our favorite jersey and just scream at the top of our lungs in absolute jubilation, cheering for the green and gold. That's what we get to do. And we can choose to continue this. And I, I promise I'm going to try my best not to. I'm sure I'm going to once in a while, and I apologize. But I think it would be best for all of us. If you want to pull receipts on Bears fans and Vikings fans and media members, that's fine. But there's no reason to continue this with each other. We've been fighting each other. have been picking at each other. And why? We're all in the same family. We're all on the same team. Why do we have to fracture the team even further? East Coast, West Coast Packer fans. <laughs> you know, the, the pro Rodgers and the pro front office Packer fan contingent. At the end of the day, there's really no more decisions to be made. It's done. He doesn't have a three-year contract anymore. He has a two-year contract, and next year's contract, from what I understand, is basically impossible, meaning it's not going to happen. They're either going to agree mutually. This is not on one party or the other. They're basically going to come to a mutual conclusion on this, which is nice because it won't have to be, oh, the front office messed this up. No, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to meet. They're going to reflect on how the season went, and they're going to choose to either continue the relationship and continue with a, with you know financial whatever, or they're going to mutually decide it's run its course, and we're going to go our separate ways. But Aaron Rodgers is back. And all signs point to, as I said, which was never not a thing, Devontae Adams getting it figured out. And Zadarius Smith is not buying a new house somewhere else. I know I've been trying to warn you and caution you against saying Adam Schefter lied because he didn't, but I will stick by what I said previously. Prior to this whole Adam Schefter thing, I was very anti-media, and it's for a reason. It's because of nonsense like this. Devontae Adams never decided to leave the Packers. Zadarius Smith is not leaving the Packers. That was all made-up nonsense. The media is absolutely capitalizing on the fact that the Packer, Packer fans are losing their minds and are cannibalizing each other. They're clicking and hate-tweeting and everything else like crazy people. And I am chief among them. Don't buy it. There was one issue, and that issue has been resolved, and Green Bay Packers are moving forward with one of the potentially one of the best teams we've seen since 2010, 2011, 1996. <laughs> Probably, I mean, you know, 2010, the offense should be better. 2011, the defense will be a lot better. That's why I go back to the 1990s, because in the 1990s, it was like top five offense and defense, 94, 95, 96 in that range. In 1996, when they won the Super Bowl, I think it was 96, I mean, the season, I think they were number one in, as far as points, they were number one on offense and defense. One of the few teams that's ever done that. And again, I'm not shooting for that. I'm just, I'm just telling you, this is, this has the potential to be. And I know a lot of people are mad at Gutekunst, and he's a joke, and he's all that stuff. I'm telling you, the roster that he helped to build, him and Ted Thompson in unison, helped to build, is very possibly going to be the best team in football this next year. 
doesn't have to be. Things could break one way or another. I went through all those variables, depending on this, depending on that. But they're going to run it back. Also, now is a great time to get on Twitter because Bears fans are doing this really weird thing where they're pretending this is the best news they've ever had. It's so funny because it's such a thin veneer. It's so shallow and ridiculous. There was, I don't even remember who it was, some blue checkmark guy said something to the effect of, this is the best news that could have ever happened for Bears fans. Because, <laughs> in other words, his whole take is, when Rodgers is gone, Fields will be going into his second year, and that's when he's going to be good. So prior to Rodgers coming back, Fields was going to be a freak this year. Now that Rodgers is coming back, well, this is going to be his redshirt year, next year he's going to be a freak, and then he's going to take over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's their favorite line now. Well, the, the, the Bears have the best future. The Bears have the best future. No, you don't. No, you don't. If, if having the best future means you drafted a first-round quarterback, then the Packers have the best future. Well, our guy was drafted earlier. So what? 15 picks. What does 15 picks mean? You have the third best roster in football, and all the talent is getting old and leaving. Your wide receiver is leaving. Khalil Mack isn't going to be around. Akeem Hicks isn't going to be around. Your safety is no good anymore. Your corners are already gone. You have yet to find any talent anywhere, ever. You have not brought in corners that are any good to replace the corners that are leaving. You have not found a compliment to Khalil Mack at all. You have not found anybody to pair with Akeem Hicks, who is already halfway out the door. You have, bringing, you have been bringing in wide receivers every single year in the draft and free agency and have yet to find one good wide receiver, not one. Allen Robinson was a free agent you brought in year one. You have not drafted a single good wide receiver. But yet we are supposed to believe that Justin Fields is going to be a freak, you know, despite the fact that this is your second swing and the first one was a spectacular failure. And of course, the fact that it was like the fourth quarterback to be drafted and he fell and obviously for a reason. And like I said, the pack or the Bears moved up in desperation because that's what they were. They were desperate. They knew if they didn't get a quarterback, they were about to get fired. So this was a desperation move. Maybe they were willing to ignore the red flags of Justin Fields, just throwing that out there. And you, and you drafted a tackle, which by the way, you gave away all your future picks in order to do that. So you're not going to be bringing in any help for Justin Fields next year either, at least not anytime soon. And that tackle, who we don't know if he's going to be any good at all, he also fell drastically in the draft. So, of course, everybody says it's a massive steal because we refuse to acknowledge why people fall. We just say that everyone's an idiot. All these GMs are stupid and all the website guys are really smart. And so we know that the Bears got a steal in Tevin Jenkins. I think it was Tevin that they got. I don't remember. But that's supposedly a steal, except for the fact that he's actually replacing a guy that we left because, again, we're purging talent left and right. But, you know, assuming those two guys are great, then we at least have a quarterback and uh, an attack. Still not a super great offensive line. Uh, we're not going to have a wide receiver in 2022, which is what Bears fans are refusing to acknowledge when they talk about having a great future uh, for Justin Fields with no offensive line and no wide receivers and an eroding defense. Because, you know, all you need is a quarterback, right? I mean, it's not like the Chiefs had two really good wide receivers, uh, the best tackle duo in football, uh, dominant edge rusher, and one of the best... Uh, defensive tackles in football, uh, not to mention Pat Mahomes being the MVP that year, which Justin Fields likely will not be. No, 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 no. You can be a great quarterback on a terrible team and still win a Super Bowl like Deshaun Watson did. That's what we know. You can be a great quarterback on a terrible football team and win like Russell Wilson has the last five years. Well, he did win one, right, back when the team was really, really good. That's kind of not what I'm talking about, though. So you, you still got another problem here. Even if Justin Fields is really good, you're going to have to find a way to actually put talent on this team. Maybe stop giving away all your draft picks. And it's going to take a while. 
That's why I've said I respected what the Lions did because they saw this team just falling apart and said, you know what, let's just tear it down and rebuild. And I think the Bears were getting real close to that. Instead, they went all in and got a quarterback, and I think it's too late. But they refused. Bears fans will never acknowledge it's too late. Every year, if we just get that one piece, we're going all in. Just that one piece, like Khalil Mack or whoever it happens to be, we're going to win it all. Sorry, I just, it's just, it's low-hanging fruit, man, you know? And again, maybe, maybe Fields is good, and then maybe we're in trouble, I don't know. But the fact that they're being so cocky about their not super great football team, I just, I can't, I can't not, can I? Look, if it was the Vikings, there was a rumor that the Vikings were going to trade up, and they actually had Fields stolen from them by the Bears, which is an interesting storyline. And I hope that those two are at each other's throat. I'm not seeing enough of that. I need to see more of that. If the Vikings had traded up and gotten Justin Fields, I'd be a little bit more nervous. Although, you know, I don't know that he'd be better than Kirk Cousins anyways. But, but, future-wise, yeah. You got Justin Fields and uh, Justin Jefferson for a very long time. It's a little bit scary, at least. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Um, Again, I know there's a lot of breaking news stuff going on today, but I just feel like I need some time to digest. So I don't think this is going to be a super long episode. Um, We'll take a break, and then I want to look at a little bit of the details of what we know so far and uh, go from there. But we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I forgot to mention, thank you very much to Scott Cannonberg for jumping in on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I really appreciate that donation, good sir. So at this particular point in time, this is the best information that I could find. Um, We've got a couple different people looking at this. Um, I see uh, Ken Ingalls and Peter Bukowski kind of gave their thoughts, but let me just read this, which was clipped out of presumably an article. Um, Here are the bullet points. The 2023 year in Rodgers' contract, the last one in his current deal, would be voided with no tags allowed in the future. So I think the biggest thing with this is Aaron Rodgers wanted to believe, and a lot of people thought he was, which was incorrect. I listened to a podcast this morning saying Rodgers is in complete control. He was never in control. He thought by saying, give me what I want, trade me and I'm out, that he would have control and the Packers would panic and and just submit. The Packers said, no, I'm sorry, you don't have any control over this situation. We're not doing that. What they essentially did was they gave him more control over next year. Now, as Ken Ingalls kind of pointed out, the uh, he says the 2023 void is meaningless. Um, I think in, in a sense that's kind of true, but I think the Packers had, at least the way that I would see it, a, a little bit more flexibility, at least control over Aaron Rodgers. Right? We have your rights for three more years, and we can just sit on it for as long as we want. And I think they put themselves in a situation to say, okay, let's lop off that last year, and we've, we've got you for two years. And essentially, in year two, which is similar to what I said about Zadarius Smith, where there's no way that he's going to play under his current contract next year. They're either going to give him a new contract or he's going to be gone. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. It's too much money. And uh, that was always kind of the case. But again, they've still got that extra year that they can kind of throw money on. And the, and the cap dipped for Aaron Rodgers in year three. So they could take some of that money and push it 
and it wouldn't be a problem at all. You move it into the next year, and um, and then and for two years, he's relatively cheap. This takes that option away. So all they have is this one really burdensome year so that Aaron Rodgers kind of holds the keys to where if he says, I want out, and I refuse to play, technically the Packers could say, sorry, we're not going to trade you, but then they have to carry that cap hit. Meaning for all of free agency, when they could be signing guys and getting in talent to help Jordan Love and all that kind of stuff, um, they can't because they don't have any money in, in that entire offseason or for the regular season for that matter. So I, I think that's what this is. They're, they could not come to an agreement um, other than next year we, we'll reevaluate things. And so the Packers kind of g- gave themselves a less powerful position of, of saying, you know, we'll probably trade you, but it's up to us and it'll be on our terms to let's just come back to the table next year and we'll both decide mutually which way to go. Added in that there's no tags. Why? Because that's another out, right? If they did somehow work their way through and then the next year they tag them and they tag them and they tag them. And I talked about this a while ago, how they could they can play this out for years and Rodgers loses years and that's what he has that's valuable. He only has so much time left and he knows it. And the Packers can play with that. Like, you can play games, we can play games, but we have time on our side and you don't. This takes the time away from the Packers and the power that they have. So there's no tags. The last year's voided. There's next year. And the only reason next year even needs to stay on there is because the Packers want to be able to trade him. They want to be able to, to have a contract to trade, I guess. Plus, I don't know, you can't really void that. I don't know how that would work out. So that's what it is. There's, there's no more wiggle room. There's no more games. The, the Packers gave up all their the rest of their tools and their toolbox to be able to extend this and to continue this little battle with Aaron Rodgers. They get one more year and that's it. And then it has to be to the behest of Aaron Rodgers if they decide to move forward. And if he decides that he's okay with it, then they will. And if he decides that they're not, then they're going to trade him. Uh, the next bullet point, the Packers would agree to review Rodgers' situation at the end of the season, which is what I already said, but that was apparently an agreed-upon contingent, according to this anyways, um, that they would just have sort of a sit-down meeting. And, you know, let's say they win the Super Bowl, and Rodgers is like, I think we could do this for a few more years. And the Packers are like, I think we could too. Let's just ride it out. Let's just do it. Let's run it back. Let's see how many rings we can get you, because you're not going to go anywhere else and get rings. Let's, you know, if we, if we say we're going to commit to you, because again, he's going to need a new contract. If we give you another contract and we're committed to you for two years and we're basically kicking Jordan Love out the door, will you sign it? And he says, yes, it's not impossible. If Rodgers, you know, shatters his leg in week three, there's, you know, not much need for a long meeting. Let's just say that. Next bullet point, Rodgers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give Packers more cap room now. Mechanisms will be put in place to address Rodgers' issues with the team, so I'm sure they've been working on that for months. He's got some issues, and they're like, all right, let's implement a few things here and there, which, as a few people have pointed out, is good, not just necessarily to repair with Aaron Rodgers, because that may be beyond repair, but down the line, right? Obviously, things didn't go great with Brett Favre. That was a little bit different, but it didn't go great with Brett Favre. It's not going great with Aaron Rodgers. It would be nice if our third quarterback, whoever it happens to be, um, if he does become a super highly paid quarterback because he's good enough to get that contract, it would be kind of nice if, uh, you know, we left on slightly better terms. And then finally, it says the Packers agreement to review the situation after the season implies that the team will trade Rodgers if he still feels uh, the way he has about the Packers culture and decision making. So if you look at Ken Ingle's points on this, uh, again, he said the 2023 void is meaningless. Next bullet point says cement the timeline of a trade or extension in 2022 as the only real option. No loss of income reads, uh, quote, gets no raise, unquote, which was mentioned in there. Aaron Rodgers doesn't actually get any more money. So I'd kind of talked about this before when Aaron Rodgers will probably come back and there's going to be some new contract that 
is meant to make it seem as though Aaron Rodgers worked over the Packers, when in reality, that's not at all what happened. The Packers got what they were asking for. But again, in a negotiation, you try to make it seem like the other person won. And that's what they did. It says they're going to push more money out for cap space, which doesn't make me super happy. But again, I want to see the numbers on that and what that exactly means. Finally, will be interesting to see the 2022 contract mechanisms. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we will, but yeah, it'll be interesting. So that's all we got so far. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Um, it's basically a one-year deal with a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk it over next year contingency. Um, the assumption right now being he's going to be traded, but who knows? We got a lot of information, a lot of blanks to be filled in between now and then, and um, no idea how that's exactly going to play out. What I know is that Bears fans right now are absolutely having a conniption, and they're um, in a state of absolute depression and despair, and they're masking it by being very loud and vocal about how happy they are that Rodgers is back. I can't, I'm so happy he's back. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yay. Anyways, um, why don't we do this? Maybe we'll end it. We'll see how much time there is. Dan just sent me these questions via Facebook. So let's let's look at it. Number one, with the Devontae Adams contract situation, worst case scenario, if they can't come to an agreement by the end of the season, do you think they will franchise tag him? I know they typically don't use it, but if there was ever a situation to use it, this feels right to me. He's still in his prime and he'd be great for Jordan Love to play with. Leaving aside the awkwardness of the end of that sentence, uh, <laughs> first of all, I know this isn't your question, but let me just say this. I am extremely confident that Devonte Adams will sign a contract and it will not need to come to that. Um, I obviously don't know that, but if I was 65, 70% sure that, uh, they come to a contract or that Rogers would be back, I'm closer to like 85, 90 that they're going to come to terms of a contract with Devonte. And I think if Rodgers does leave next year, that makes it even easier. They're going to have a lot of money. Now, you know, I know if you just did the math and subtracted from their um, salary mess, salary cap mess next year, they don't have a ton, but they have a lot more work to do because, like I said, there's a lot of really expensive guys, and the question is going to be, are they going to get extensions, which is going to less the ca- lessen the cap, or are they going to get cut, which is going to lessen the cap? So they're going to have plenty of money, and I have a feeling – if and when that money comes around, I think it'll be close to $25 million a year is what, what I'm thinking it is. My, my thought, just completely out of thin air, like I said, I think Devontae and his camp are looking at that 27 number, and I think uh, the Packers are looking at that 22. So you got like a 27-5 figure up against like a 23-5, and it's a huge gap. And I think at the end of the day, they're going to come to around 25, and I think that'll. I, I think Devontae would accept that today. I just don't think the Packers are willing to offer that yet. I think they're they know there's a lot of time left and so they're going to kind of battle them on that but um even mark murphy which i was uh, fortunate enough to be able to watch the um shareholder meeting i had a shareholder say that he would give me his login so i was able to watch that, that was my first time ever and um when asked about Devonte, or not asked but i don't know i don't remember exactly how that came to be but he made no qualms that they're pretty confident that that's going to get done anyways in regard to the question, I do think so. Um, again, it's very rare, but the reason it's rare is because they never let it get to that. When when they have guys that are that good, they find they find a number and they and they agree on it. However, yes, there are some constraints that aren't super typical. The Packers are um, hurting a little bit for money, more so than usual. So if it did come to that, yeah. And some people point out, well, that the 
tag number is really high. Yeah, but it's not as high as the contract that he would get. Um, maybe for 2022 it would be for that one year, which is part of the reason why they would they would be much more interested to just come to that long-term agreement, right? I mean, if he signs a $25 million, let's say the tag is $20 million, and um, he signs a $25 million deal, well, they're not going to pay $20 million that first year. It's going to be closer to like 15 I don't know. So for 2022, it is going to be less. But if Devontae's just being super stingy and he's like, I want 28 or I'm not budging, or just ship me out of here because I know there's teams that are willing to give me it, would they maybe ride out $20 million for one year just to keep Devontae around? And, and again, usually when you tag a guy, then you just continue negotiation. You're basically saying nobody else can trade for you. We have this tag on you. You can't go anywhere. Na-na-na-boo-boo. Um, please sign on the dotted line, right? I know you wanted to be traded. You're not going to be traded, please. Yeah, but 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 again, you could see why you would never really use the cap. It's 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 basically a desperation thing where it's it's not good for any reason. It's a short term contract. You like to have them long term. It's more expensive than if you would just give them a longer term contract, at least for this year. Um, but it's a desperation thing. If they're being ridiculous and you still you know really want you you just can't let them go, but you can't come to come to terms. It's like a desperation, you know golden buzzer kind of thing where it's like you're not going anywhere sorry boom tag sorry not going anywhere we got to work this out so I'll say yes I don't think they're just going to let him walk without without a fight but again I really don't think it'll even come to that I think prior to that hopefully this year if not next year I think they're going to come to some kind of an agreement maybe it'll have to wait until they figure out what's going on with Rodgers I don't know Second question, do you think Rodgers likely coming back, he will be giving 100% out there? Obviously, he's going to try, but on plays where it might require just a little bit of effort and motivation, I feel like he might pull up or take the easy way out. Thanks. I don't think so. Um, You know, I know I I talk a lot about how I wish he was a little bit more diehard about this stuff, especially in the offseason. But when he's back, he's pretty laser focused from what I can tell, right? I mean, he's not putting out the videos and he's going on vacations where maybe other guys are out training and all that stuff. But when he's back, he's back. He's shut off the rest of the world. He's studying, he's working out, he's working hard. And uh, at the end of the day, he is extremely competitive. If he's back, he intends to win. He's very upset, very upset that he only has one Super Bowl. I think everybody fully understands that. And so um, I don't think he sees it as far as a reflection of the team. He sees it as a reflection of himself. Every play isn't, if I take a, my foot off the gas a little bit, then the Packers lose and I'm going to say, ha ha. He sees it as if I take my foot off the gas, we lose and I suck and I'm not going to get a Super Bowl again. And I'm, you know, it, it's it's all about, it's a reflection. And I don't mean that to say he's selfish. That's how it should be. Everybody should be out there for essentially for themselves, but everybody comes together and you make it work as a group. But you personally want to be good. You personally want to win that Super Bowl. You personally want to hoist the trophy. And on top of that, he's got aspirations outside of this year, likely, right? He wants to maybe go to another team. He wants to win somewhere else. And if you want to be able to prove that you still got it, you want to prove the Packers are wrong, you want to prove everybody wrong, you go out and dominate. So I think for every reason, he's going to want to come back and play his absolute best. The only reason he would maybe not be focused wouldn't be to be spiteful. It's just because he's not focused. My understanding is that he is absolutely head over heels in love. Um, and I know that seems silly because he's had girlfriends before, but again, my understanding is that this is very different and, uh, she is not super hyper-focused on football and maybe isn't a super big fan of him being away for football and perhaps would be happier if, uh, football wasn't such a big part of their lives because obviously they're both, 
extra, you know, as a as a married couple, very financially stable, don't need anything else. They can do whatever it is they feel they need to do. They don't need football anymore. So maybe that'll be nagging at him at the back of his mind. I don't know. I don't know. But that would be the only thing is if if all the other stuff, if taking this last summer has made him realize how much he really just maybe just wants to be retired. That would be the only thing. I don't think there's any way in which he takes his foot off the gas. And and maybe that's what you meant. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I misunderstood. Maybe that's what you meant because you did just say if it requires a little more, maybe he takes his foot off. You know, if it's injury related, you know, he doesn't want to take any hits or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think he's coming. I think he decided to come back because he still, he still has a lot to accomplish. You know, that that whole only one Super Bowl thing. Watching Tom Brady just do whatever he wants and win all these Super Bowls and and strut around with all these rings on his fingers. He feels he's better than that, and he is. He should have another Super Bowl. But he doesn't have it yet, and he knows that this team he can get it. So I, I intend, I, I expect him to give it everything he's got. Again, I don't expect another MVP, and I would say that it's fairly likely that he regresses, just because, like I said about Zadarius, it's unlikely he maintains that high a level. Because in the last ten years, uh, you, there have not been very many, if any, quarterbacks to play that well. If we're just using PFF as a guide, including Pat Mahomes' MVP year and uh, a bunch of other years on top of that, Aaron Rodgers surpassed all of it. So them is my thoughts. Anyways, it's getting late. My head hurts so bad. (laughs) I haven't had dinner. I'm tired. I got a horrible canker sore. My life is falling apart. Now, I mean, the last part was mostly just about the headache, but um, all good things outside of that. And uh, we got training camp starting up. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.